There we go. Let's try this again. Testing these things out. Welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Andy Ruther, coming to you live from Cincinnati, Ohio, with my co-host from Los Angeles, California, Joey Nochelprano. Hello, Andy. Wow, coming in with the... Uh, I gave a little bit of a preview to my, uh, my Travis Kelsey, Taylor Swift take in our... Uh, while the song played, but I think we should bury that story because we have a lot to talk about. And I'm not, I don't want to be ESPN and Bleacher Report and whatever that's like making this like this is the football story of the weekend because it's not because they don't really give a shit. Well, you know, here's the thing you can't really go back because you already you opened it up. Here's the thing about the Travis Kelsey Taylor Swift I think it's all fake, and then somebody left a call about it. Well, I think we should save that call for later in the show. We have so much to cover. Okay. We'll get okay. there. Maybe when we get to that game, we can we can talk about it. Yeah, because I definitely want to talk about that game and obviously the state of the Chicago Bears slash Justin Fields. Slash- but we have to start, Andy. What a great day for me yesterday. I mean, for a guy who's built his brand on essentially being a Russell Wilson, Kirk Cousins, Jameis Winston truther on the show. I mean, it all came together. It all came together in beautiful glory. Kirk Cousins had five different drives to try to win the game at the end. No, just a ton of fucking absolute chokings. Then you had Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson and the Broncos gave up the most points since the Great Depression. Jameis Winston came in and single-handedly blew a 17-0 fourth quarter lead. I mean, what a day. What a day to be a fucking, what a day to be Joe Prano. Tough day to be a quarterback on those teams. Tough day. Wasn't really a tough day to be a quarterback if you were, you know, Derek Carr for a bit. Until he got injured. You want to start there? We can start there. Sure. I'm happy to. Yeah, man. 17-0 lead. Into the fourth. Through three quarters. Derek Carr gets hurt. Jameis comes in. Jameis manages one first down prior to the final drive of the game when they went into prevent. One first down. He managed one first down for the entire fourth quarter. Four drives, five drives, something like that. Just three and out, three and out, three and out. Defense can't get off the field because they're getting no rest whatsoever because Jameis just cannot get a first down. They give up 18 points. They lose by one. Jameis, you know, they give they give up 18 points. They're down by one. Jameis has a chance to come down. He gets, he has a halfway decent drive at the end of the game, not close enough 
gets him to get some a 46 yard attempt kicker misses it and and of course you know the sociopath uh from twitter james one of one was like oh it's his fault they missed no it's his fault they blew a 17 point lead you fucking idiot well i mean again that's like arguing with crazy that i mean i mean but not just him you know other people who take take him aside is what i want to say other people are going to blame the kicker too, but I agree. It's like you guys, you first can't. You gotta, first, you got to go down by a point after having a seventeen nothing lead going in the fourth quarter to even yeah. get it to the kicker. Huge win for Green Bay, on the other hand. Huge win for Green Bay. Meanwhile, you go into the fourth quarter of that game, and I was doing it, and I saw somebody's tweet. I forget who it was. One of the guys. It wasn't Arlovsky, who, by the way, got bailed out by Gardner Minshew yesterday, uh, but. It was one of those Warren Sharp or somebody, you know, one of the one of the NFL Twitter talking heads said, we have to start talking about the Saints defense on par with the 49ers and the Cowboys and the whoever else they mentioned. And you go into that, you're you go into the fourth quarter up 17, nothing. Derek Carr has come to New Orleans to take over your quarterback. You're about to be three and oh. Your defense is playing great. Your defense is pitching a shutout. Oh, how that fourth quarter changed. You went from the Saints being like, oh, are the Saints like sneaky a contender? To the Saints lose. Now the Saints have to have Jameis while Derek Carr gets. Like season went from, we have to really start talking about the Saints to we. Oh, sorry. Jesus Christ. I didn't. Sorry. I didn't have my phone on. It connects. Did I lose you? Hold on, hold on a second. I see what I did. I see. You there? Yep. Okay. Sorry, I put my phone on silent. It connects the uh, the uh, to my computer. You know how Apple is. Yeah. Anyway, I apologize. Okay, go back to what you were saying. I was just saying we were on the verge of talking about them as a contender. Now we don't have to talk about them at all. It's crazy, man. It really like like now this year, you know, there's one undefeated team in the AFC. The Miami Dolphins. The NFC, you have the Niners and I believe just the Bucks and Philly heading into tonight's game, correct? Is that the three that are undefeated in the NFC? I think so. Wow. I mean, this is like no runaway teams. I mean, I don't remember it this early. You're just saying, okay. There's a lot. I mean, we, we talk about the parody, and it's it's really next level this year. You, you know, the importance, and this was going to be a theme. I'm glad you brought up the Jameis Winston thing because I was going to discuss this when we discussed the, the Bengals situation later tonight with what they should do with Burrow. The importance of, again, just a... I want to call it a formidable backup. I, I, I just, I don't, and, I, and I'm not saying, and I think Jameis, for the record, I do think he's a formidable backup. I, w- I would put him in that category. Right? The, the thing about Jameis, though, is we're going on how many coaches in a row straight up just do not trust Jameis. They don't trust Jameis. Yeah. I mean, every fucking play was run, Throw a chore to the sticks. Run, throw a chore to the sticks. It's like, 
they don't trust you. You don't trust you. Like Baker Mayfield for all of his ups and downs. Like, I mean, obviously he's a starter now, but he is on the Rams last year. You're a backup. At least you're going to come in and be confident, maybe recklessly confident, but confident nonetheless. Well, that's that begs the question then. Should Jameis be the old reckless Jameis? I well, the, like you might throw picks, but you might sling it around the field for a touchdown drive. Let the well. guy be who he's going to be. And here's here's my opinion of Jameis Winston. I don't think Jameis Winston has a spot on any football team that isn't essentially tanking. Okay. Because now you're asking Jameis to come in and be not Jameis. Why do you have him then? Aren't there aren't there tons of other guys who can come in and take care of the football and whatever? It's like Jameis is just Jameis is straight up just not a good modern quarterback. And the Saints season went from being like you know they were on the verge of being one of the well, it's one game though, like perspective. It it's means a 17. seventeen point fourth quarter lead. No, their that's defense. A- their, their defense was lights out until Jameis got there. Look, I agree. I agree that that'll be a huge blemish going back, looking at the end of the season of a game that got away. But again, it is 17 games. It is the NFC the, the 17 games, though, it's fine. The, the Saints might still very well win the NFC South with Jameis playing six games or whatever it is. But you're not winning shit with Jameis. No, I agree. And... Yesterday, we had to start talking about the possibility that the Saints were pretty fucking good. Now we don't have to talk about that. Well, yeah. It was it was nice, the idea of uh, another contending NFC team. Now the Packers are 2-1, and one, right? So it's like you flip it the other way. A lot of 2-1 and one teams. A lot of... A lot of parody, but the reason I brought up the backup situation: look at Indianapolis. Minshew is is a, a what I again would call a formidable backup, right? Like you're probably not shocked. We both took Baltimore, but are you shocked that they won? Um, I'm not shocked that oh, I'm certainly not shocked that they were in the game. But and because I said I said when we were picking the games, I was like, it's hard not to live in fear of backdoor Minshew. Well, I think we both agreed. We thought they had a better chance of covering. Yeah. I know we said that. If Minshew was playing versus Anthony Richardson. Yeah. Am I shocked that they won? Yeah, I guess I'm shocked, but I'm not like, oh my God, I could never see this happening. That's a bad loss for them too, the Ravens. <laughs> yeah. They would have been three and out. Now they're two and one with the Browns, the Steelers, and pending the Bengals game tonight, who are 0 and 2. Dude, they're not. Did you watch that game at all? Yeah. They're they're L- Lamar is they're, they're definitely sticking to last year's game plan. He was their leading rusher. I know they've had some injuries, but he's their leading rusher. He's not slinging the ball around. He hasn't been slinging the ball around. They should have sat on Lamar. See, this is my everyone says, "Oh, you know, you're such a Lamar hater." But this is the main thing with Lamar. They showed the stats during the game. The last two seasons plus He's 28th in the league when completion percentage when blitzed. So, like, that's my knock on Lamar, guys. Every NFL quarterback, when they have time, completes passes. Right. 
you're 28th man and conversely that's where the 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 Patrick Mahomes and the Joe Burrows and like those type of guys that's where they differentiate themselves because when they are blitzed they complete passes 28 that's bad the quarterbacks that are the 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 elite quarterbacks in the league you're afraid to blitz a hundred percent no one's afraid to blitz Lamar no one's afraid to blitz Kirk Cousins no one's afraid to blitz guys you know no one's gonna be afraid to blitz Jameis now to be fair that that non-pass interference call was pretty egregious dude the during, NFL refs at this point during that Ravens game just through uh, up and down the league you're just such a you're such a rich league like let this be their only jobs let this be like pay them like I don't know what the answer is but like do something about these I I've complained about it on the show a thousand times too at what point does like uncatchable like we did we're just we're done with uncatchable now uncatchable is not a thing if it's illegal conduct like back in the day they used used to say pass interference now it's like oh it's illegal contact so it doesn't matter that the ball was uncatchable and it's like it's illegal contact because he touched a guy two seconds before the ball was thrown like i still threw the ball in the stands like yeah they don't really call the uncatchable thing anymore which i haven't seen it in I haven't seen it in four seasons. Yeah. I know. I I got to talk about the end of this Vikings game. This is uh, on both fronts, both teams, the Chargers and the Vikings. <laughs> we'll start with the Chargers because that's how the game played out. I mean, Brandon Staley having a job is right now at this moment. It is felt a disgrace. to me. It felt like. He he was done. To me, it felt like I don't want this job anymore. It felt like he was saying, I just keep hearing I'm going to get fired. So let me get fired. Because what is the other possible reasoning for that? You're winning the game. Not only are you winning the game, you're on your own, what, 23 or 24 yard line. It's fourth and one. You're winning by four. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know if you heard the announcer, and I think it was I think it was Sanchez, and I don't know who the the color commentator was, but I distinctly heard them say watching the game, they go, dude, you're up by four. This isn't a field goal. Yeah, Which this is isn't like, we're afraid to give them the ball back at all because then they only have to drive half the field yeah. and then they get a field goal. And I heard the again the announcer go, dude, these punters are good, man. You know, it's inside. There's no elements. There's a good chance you you get them down to the 12 yard. You're saying, you're saying the 10, 12, whatever it is, yard line. You're saying that the Vikings have to drive the entire field and score a touchdown. And I don't know what message that sends. I, I don't know who that sends that message to on his team. Like, does that say, I don't trust my defense? Or you're saying, no, I trust them enough if we don't get it. We can hold Who cares if you yeah. trust them enough? You don't get it. Like you never need to make that. That's a decision that never needs to be made. There's zero reason to ever not punt there. Unless your punters hurt. I've never seen it's anything so like it. It's so stupid. Never seen anything like it. Then like, the Vikings was... get the ball twice. 
twice. And I was yelling at the TV going, I did, this is insane what this guy's doing. This guy is out of his mind. So the Vikings get the ball, right? They can they convert on that fourth and five. And then I'm going to pull it up here. This play happened. And again, this is the most Kirk Cousins end to a game probably that I've ever seen with the debacle of taking forever to line up, not spiking the ball, just kind of rushing a play, which then you throw into double coverage, interception, game over. Just watch this. Right? So they complete here, fourth and five. Okay, they're down to what? The six, seven-yard line. They have 35 seconds when Hawkinson is on the ground. And they're just taking their time, Prano. No, I Look, I don't I never understood it. They're not gonna if you score, they're not gonna have any time no matter what. Just spike it right there. Why is yeah. he he's clearly trying to hear the call from Stefanski? They snap it at 12 and he throws it right where there's two guys. Game over. It's unbelievable. I mean, it's truly unbelievable. And then the nerve for both him and his coach to blame the Vikings crowd. The home crowd was too loud. Oh, did they say that? You didn't see that? No. In their post-game press conference, they both said the home crowd was too loud. And that was the problem was they couldn't hear. Now, you can see Kirk Cousins in that. He, he can't hear the play. So they are loud. But you can't blame your fans. Cool. Cousins, They're loud. Cousins, Stop the clock. I know. Spike it, dude. If you can't hear your coach, spike it. He said, I just couldn't hear him with the noise. Just ended up calling a play. The play I called was actually the same play he was trying to get to. Did I say Stefanski? I meant uh, O'Connell. That's our coach, right? Yeah. Kevin O'Connell said, sometimes that happens. I mean, no, it doesn't. Because any competent quarterback would just spike the ball. Dude, you have three. Then you have you have three downs from the seven-yard line to get in the end zone. Three downs. The literally you could, still, the, you could still throw a short pass and spike it again if you wanted to. The last thing you want to do is rush the play. Because that's what happens. Tip ball, interception. Great game day over. to be a Kirk Cousins truther. Well, they're weirdly, on three. Weirdly. I don't know if they deactivated their Reddit pages. I don't know if they deactivated their Twitter accounts. I don't know. But the Kirk Cousins defenders that were chirping all the first couple weeks of the season when Daniel Jones was struggling, they've they've disappeared. No posts on Reddit. No Twitter tweets in my mentions you know i gotta say it's the we saw this with russ obviously it was a it was a a a line in the sand the move from seattle to the broncos but seeing it with the kirk cousins fans like seeing the seeing the change from you're an idiot kirk cousins is an mvp to the l in the playoffs to the to the realization early this season, I liked I liked when we finally got to the point with Kirk Cousins where it was your quarterback is bad and he he's he's the new Kirk Cousins. They, they shifted from defending their guy to attacking my quarterback and 
calling him Kirk Cousins to now gone, disappeared into the mist. No Kirk Cousins defenders. Oh, and fucking three. You're the Bears. <laughs> trade Kirk they... Cousins. Trade Kirk Cousins to the Jets, which is what I was seeing a lot of calls for yesterday. Except, guess what? Then the Jets have Kirk Cousins for the rest of the year, and they still fucking stink. Uh, well, they they would upgrade. That would be an upgrade if they trade. Sure, it'd be an upgrade. Also, I'd give them zero percent chance of winning. What do the Jets do, man? It's it's tough to watch. Did you see the latest reports of Matt Ryan and Carson Wentz reportedly reached out to the Jets last week? Yeah. Carson Wentz, no. I mean, this but is even the last guy, last guy who needs a turnover machine. Yeah. Truly, the Kirk Cousins model is makes sense. It's like get a quarterback who's on the last year of their deal. Bring him in now. You're the obviously the plan is to have Aaron Rodgers back. So you only need a guy for this season. It just sucks, man. Like that's a, like yesterday's game is a prime example. Like if you got a competent quarterback, you win that game. Yeah. I actually feel bad for Zach Wilson. I can see it in his face. That he's he, I don't he, think they're doing him any favors either, though. Like, move him around. The guy, the guy's a fucking BYU. Sling it. Uh, like, then, like, he's not a man. He's not a game manager. You, if you're Salah, at some point you have to say, okay, I can't trot this guy out there every week. Or if I am, I've just got to fucking let, let Zach Wilson be Zach Wilson. Now, obviously, any competent coach would be doing anything to find anybody else. It, it seems like he's doubled down. He Robert Sala has uh, drank the hard knocks Kool-Aid more than anybody. Oh, he, Aaron Rodgers mentoring him and he got along so good with him. And look at how they're ribbing each other about his headband. Oh, and he's oh, Aaron tells me he's doing so great and blah, blah, blah. He sucks. Get him the fuck out of there, dude. You're embarrassing yourself as a coach to your team. You're losing your team again for the second year in a row. But who's that guy? Who's the guy to go in there? Yeah, who's that Gardner guy? Gardner Minshew today, right? Like, where are these? Where are the back? Go trade for fucking Cooper Rush. Go get... Kirk Cousins, like, again, you're not going to – these guys aren't winning you the Super Bowl. At least they're winning you games. Yeah. I know. It just sucks, like I said. I mean, like, it just sucks to see the whole season just pissed away like that. Because they – 100% are winning these types of games with just a decent quarterback, man. <coughs> Patriots aren't that good. Come on, Patriots they are up, bad. They are bad. They put up 15 points.
Oh, Randy Ruther chiming in. There's a video going around with Wilson saying he can't pass on the sidelines. Garrett Wilson, I assume. Yeah. Well, what I was trying to say earlier was that I go, Zach Wilson, you can see it in his face. He has no confidence, and it's obvious he knows his teammates don't like him as far as they have zero confidence in him. He knows that. Well, they we did this whole thing last year. That's what I'm saying. We've already done it. I don't know. You know, it just sucks. And, and then meanwhile, you got the Dolphins just running away, you know, in that division in the AFC. What do we make of the Dolphins? 3-0, just putting up points, setting records, damn near records yesterday. They could have set the record for most yards ever in a game. Well, this, I mean, you're you're the king of the Bill Belichick or the Bill Parcells quote, right? You are your record. I mean, they're three now. They're they're looking great offensively. Um, yeah, they're they're beating up on shitty teams. Um, I mean, I think hard to well, say. Well, no, I mean, yeah, but the, you know, not easy, not easy to win in New England. They did that. Not, and they didn't kick their ass, right? We just said they're. We just said New England's not good. Came down to the final drive. Well, they look great. Yeah, they look great against the Broncos. Listen, they're three and zero. They're looking fantastic, but at some point, everybody's got to learn to calm down until we get like. Weren't you guys just doing like last weekend? It was Cowboys Dolphins Super Bowl. Is that is that Super Bowl off? Are we done? Cowboys lost to the Cardinals. Super Bowl rescheduled. Like the Chiefs also beat the shit out of the Bears yesterday, right? Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, the Bron- they're making it look- the, the the Bills beat the shit out of the Commanders yesterday. They're just making it look so easy. Offensively. Yeah. They have crazy weapons on offense. It's crazy that they scored more points in that game than the Broncos have scored all year. Well, the Broncos are fucking terrible. Well, they're not just terrible. Like they're they're both sides of the ball. I mean, I think Sean Payton is is just gotta be regretting this situation at this point. He's got to be pissed off that he came back. I mean, look, you can do all your Russell gloating all you want. I'll say Me? it again, though. Me? Yeah. Yeah. You, but I'll say this again. I have never seen it. It's almost like it leaves me as a as a sports fan watching this unfold to have a guy again have like a really good 10 years. <laughs> and then what's happened? Like, I, I've never seen a drop off like this. You, does anyone have a single comparison of this as an NFL quarterback? I can't think of anything, but again, I was mean, you know, it's hard because I I don't know how much more clear I could have said that it was all fool's gold. I mean, we had knocked for 10 years for 10 years. We had knocked down drag outs, Andy. You're screaming at me for 10 years though. What what do you want me to say? 
I tried I, to I, tell everybody. But 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 again, I'm saying you're saying he fell off one day. You're saying it's the elevation. You're saying no, I don't know what I'm saying. I'm saying I'm watching these games. I had this. We should be saying this. I think you were right, Joe. I think no. it was fool's gold. I think no. the play action set up by uh, them only running the ball, the deep pass thing. Oh, he's so great at throwing the deep ball. But but again, I think the shitting on the, his receivers for not being good when he clearly had great receivers. The idea that his offensive line was bad is well, I know, but, ludicrous. But you're you're I I don't really even care about it. I'm just saying, take all that out of it. What I'm trying to get to is. Discussion I was having yesterday with some family. I'm just saying a 10 year window where Russell Wilson is a middle of the road NFL quarterback. He looked great on a good, great team. He looks shitty on a shitty team, but they weren't always great. That's my point is that they were great when they had the Legion of Boom. I would argue they were great. And what where they were deficient is when they gave Russell Wilson too much money and started having holes at other positions. Well, that's going to happen anytime you give anybody money. Yeah, so don't give middle-of-the-road quarterbacks the money to the point where it actually literally pisses off the guys that are taking you to the Super Bowl. Receivers don't like hearing that they're, oh, Russell's carrying them. DK Metcalf doesn't like being a superhero, being like, oh, but I don't, again, I, don't, I don't think like do you like that's that's more just you know turn Lockett into a superstar. That's social media. Yeah, but this is what these guys jabber. hear all day. They hear it all day. It's just nuts. Kirk Cousins, the Kirk Cousins, you like that thing is just the, all the proof that you need. People hear it. He came in, he picked out one single reporter. No, I know people here, and we're going to get to – trust me. We're going to get to college clips where every college coach is losing their goddamn mind because they're definitely hearing all the noise. But I don't know. It, again, it's just like a drop-off unlike anything I've ever seen, and then he's got all the other shit going on. It's crazy. That's that's all I'm saying. I've just never seen a drop off like this after just ten years. It's it's I just never seen it. I don't I don't I have no clue. There is no comparison to do this to, because it's not just him. It's the team. It's now everybody around him. Like he he he's almost Russell Wilson's almost a case study in how to not market yourself. I mean, it's true. Everything he's done has just backfired. Every fucking thing he's done. And they stink. And I'm willing, if we, if, if, if I was willing to, or if I had to put money on it, I think he'll get benched at some point this year. It, what's crazy is everything I know about Russell Wilson, he's not going to give anybody an out here. Like what happens to Russ? If you're Sean Payton, you just you're just like benching him, and then and then what? You you can't trade him. No one wants him because his number's so high. I mean, you force him into retirement at gunpoint. Like, I mean, that's like, what I'm saying. The retirement's the only option. He's not going to do that. Look at him. Look at everything we know about Russell Wilson. 
Russell Wilson wants to play till he's 50. Broncos country. Let's walk slowly. <laughs> Do you remember all the fucking hype last year? Oh, I know. Broncos are going to compete with the Chiefs. Again, like, I'm just like, it's it's nuts. You'll see a guy in the NBA or Major League Baseball who'll suddenly just drop off. But you, I just feel like, again, you, you, again, a quarterback position, you, you'll see it at running back. We've talked about it. You'll see it at receiver. It's just like everything around you is cancer. That's what's happening. You're cancer. The team, the coach. Oh, like, Kyrie Irving was the next great thing. He was a Scotty Pippen, the LeBron's Batman. He was oh, well, he's so good. Then all of a sudden it was like, ego, ego, ego. I want out. How's it gone since? Just stay on a really good team, bro. Stay on a, if you're Russell Wilson, stay on a really good team. Take a, stop, stop with all your, the bullshit that you're doing. Take a fucking pay cut. Why would I take a pay cut? We win 10 games every year. Cool, dude. You haven't been at Super Bowl since year two when you weren't making any fucking money. It's crazy, man. It's absolutely crazy. Deshaun Watson finally had a good game yesterday. Yeah. He's going to need to do that. That was his best game since he's came back. The AFC North's going to be wild. Oh, especially after that Steelers game last night, man. It is going to be wild. Kenny Pickett looked all right. He's finding himself, feeling himself a little. He did look all right. Raiders we, look like to, trash. We, to, we do have to talk one thing because we always do it. Daniel Jones is the newest one uh, that's getting the Kirk Cousins, which totally valid. Yeah. And, Hor- and- horrible primetime numbers. Horrible primetime record. He's 1-11 in primetime. Can you pick? It's 5-1 and one now, I believe. Yeah, I'm a big fan of the primetime numbers because I think it really – because it's, you know, when all the lights are on you – well, it's always they're, they're not putting two dog shit teams on prime time, you know. And I, and, I, and I honestly, I think that the uh, I saw the Raiders play last right, night, right? But they're but typically they're not putting two dog shit teams on. Although I think the prime time numbers from the last few years skewed a little bit now that we have the Thursday night game every fucking week because they do kind of feed you some dog shit teams on Thursday. But like there was a time where. One Sunday night game and one Monday night game a week. They were usually divisional matchups, historic teams, uh, you know, two good teams. Like, so it was not just the lights and the pressure and all that, but it was also, you know, you usually have tough competition. Yeah. I want to talk about Josh McDaniels going for a field goal down eight with like two minutes and change. It's, it's twice. What is what? I just thought when you got bailed out, when you got bailed out on the first one, it was like God was telling you, bro, like, I really don't want, like, you've been a good, you've been a good patron. You've been praying a lot lately. I'm going to, I'm going to save you from having to answer questions about why you made one of the most idiotic coaching decisions of all time. And then he did it again. I just don't understand some of these coaching decisions. 
I just don't get it. It's like these guys have lost all common sense thought process. Like there's no one just thinking logically. I feel like the and, NFL and the worst part is they use they use the potential to justify the thing. Like if it ever works out they go see it worked. And if it doesn't work out they go but this is how it could have gone. It's like yeah but it's not how it went. Like even in the Packers game. Packers won 18-17 cuz they went for it. They 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 went for a two-point conversion, they got it, they scored a touchdown, they kicked, they went up one. Are we at the point now where the Green Bay Packers aren't playing for overtime at home at Lambeau? It seems reckless to me. Oh, but we won. Cool, man. Hindsight's 2020. It's all about the analytics. That's what these guys use. That's how that's how they try to justify it. There is no way the analytics told Brandon Staley to go for it, and there's no way the analytics told Josh McDaniels to kick. And if they did, that should end the analytics conversations once and for all. Well, I did see. So the analytics, I saw the analytics on the Raiders-Steelers game. If they go for it and get the four, get the first down there, they have a 15% chance of winning. To kick a field goal is 10%. But like, what are we talking? Like, those are just both so small numbers, such small percentages. Also, fuck the analytics. You know what? You know what? ESPN's simulated and I mean, we'll see if it comes to fruition. I doubt it will. You talk about the analytics and all the computers. <coughs> ESPN simulated game by game analytics. They simulated every game for this season and then also postseason. Ravens win the Super Bowl over the Eagles. So why, do we even, why, why even play? But that's my point. That's basically analytics. That's basically just using technology. And we've talked about it so many times on the show before. It's just like the analytics do not take in consideration momentum and its effect on your team. And what like there's just no – there's just no way – any coach like that's just fifteen year old playing Madden shit. Nobody's kicking the field goal there. It's horribly dumb. Now, if they're if Kenny Pickett had broken his clavicle on the drive before, and their second quarterback, uh, you know, slipped in the locker room at halftime, and they're gonna have to do direct snaps to a running back for their final drive. Oh, okay. Now you're being strategic. Now you're kicking a field goal making it a five-point game because you know that they're not going to be able to move the ball. But that's not what happened. You just took it. You just go, hey, let's get it. Let's get closer to a team that's kind of dominated us the whole night and just see if we can stop them once. Shocker, you can't. Yeah. So let's talk a little Chiefs. Bears. This is a game that pissed me off, but like I just don't know why I didn't just take in, in one of the leagues that I do picks. I don't know why I didn't just take the Chiefs as one of my six picks. Why didn't you? We I don't know. I, what did I say? What, what was my joke? It was 13, but I was joking it would be like 
thirteen hundred or some shit. Thirty. Yeah, something. I I just I don't know. I'm an idiot. I took the fucking Cowboys. I thought the Cowboys were just gonna kick the shit out of the Cardinals. Not only did they not cover, they lose. But the Bears are rock bottom right now, man. Justin feels like you're completing eleven passes in a game where they're playing backups. It's such a bad situation for Chicago. Conversely, everybody, and we even had a call about it, talking about the Chiefs being overrated after week one. Overrated after week one? Remember, it was like the not the Chiefs hype, and it's like here we are. They you know they lost at home to the Lions. Now they've won oh, two in had, a row. Oh, we had a call after week one saying the Chiefs. Yeah. Were, yeah. It's quarterback league, guys. I don't know what to tell you. It's, it's basically all we talk about at this point. But that's all that matters. Like grow it's up. All if, that matters. Like grow up with the Chiefs are overrated. If Patrick Mahomes is healthy, they're not overrated. You're embarrassing yourself. Oh, I'm a Lions fan. It's cool. You have Jared Goff. That's exactly how much respect I give your team. You have Jared Goff. Oh, look at all these changes we made and this coach. You have Jared Goff. I think you have the opportunity to at some point be the 12th best team in football. On your best day. Because you have Jared Goff. You have to go into the playoffs and you have to win three or four playoff games against playoff quality teams. I'll take the Chiefs in the AFC right now. Yeah, so would I. Well, the Dolphins, they look so good. Cool. I'll take the better coach, the better quarterback. And by the way, McDaniels might be a better coach, but like, he's not a better coach than Andy Reid. They, they, they've been there before. Yeah, come on, experience, all those things. You do have the Taylor Swift thing into the equation now. The best chance of ending a Chiefs dynasty that I've ever seen, dude. I have so many thoughts on this, but I kind of want to share them. But I kind of don't want to share them. Here's my number one hot take, and this is gonna. It's not going to upset anybody who listens to our show, but it it will upset some people if this is something that we clip. Um, my manager, Randy, if you're listening, might not like it. But here's my here's my simple take on this. Travis Kelsey is mega rich and mega famous. Like he's he's a top five most famous not quarterback in the NFL. Would we agree? It's a good question. Star power wise, like if you if you were walking down the street, if the average football watching American was walking down the street, you're more likely to spot Travis Kelsey than you are Justin Jefferson. Yeah, I was actually Christian McCaffrey, or or one of the Bosa's. Maybe you you see a JJ Watt who's not even in the league anymore or something like that. But like from a from a, a standpoint of a guy who's been in a bunch of Super Bowls lately, been in a bunch of commercials. Oh, he's in you're so mega rich. Now. You're mega famous. This is an L for Travis Kelsey. Dude, you're dating down. Like, you're one of the most rich, famous men in America, and you're dating a fucking six and a half. I'm sorry. Oh, you're talking purely looks. Purely. You. What do you need? More fame and fortune? Like, what is yeah, the end game? Her here? star power is... Who cares? He's dating up. Her star power is next level. Yeah, but but what does that do for him? Now he's just Taylor Swift's boyfriend? 
Oh, it does. Come on, man. It does it. It does an enormous amount for his branding. So I guess that would be my where I'm saying you take an L. So at this point, Travis Kelsey is bagging like mid chicks to publicity chase. Maybe that's an L. You look at them like this is essentially this is an American celebrity power couple right now. Okay, let's go. Let's talk about some of them. We've seen it before. Jay-Z and Beyonce. Uh, uh, Jennifer Lopez and Ben Affleck. Kim Kardashian and Kanye West. Um, Brad Pitt, Jennifer. Brad Anderson. Pitt, Jennifer Anderson. Brad Pitt, uh, Angelina, Jolie. Angelina Jolie. Imagine a room where no one knows anything. Like there's no, there's no fucking Jesus. A gardener outside my window. Um, imagine walking in a room where you know nothing. You've just been brought from an African tribe that has no access to the internet. And Angelina Jolie. Beyonce, Jennifer Lopez, and Taylor Swift are in there. You're like, who is she their secretary? <laughs> is she going to is she gonna take is she gonna write their letters for them? I'll just say this Travis Kelsey and Jason Kelsey. Have you seen Jason Kelsey's wife? She's always like, she's like. Little Miss, like girl next door. She's always got a hat on. She's always talking about yeah. the kids. Again, the I, I, I watched like the whole. She's like one of the main characters in the documentary. Dude, if you at, at the Travis Kelsey Taylor Swift wedding, when everybody gets dolls up, dolled up, Kylie Kelsey would blow Taylor Swift out of the water. But hold on a second. Is is your viewpoint of her looks? It not- might be. It might be. Listen, I get it. Is it not it's, tarnished by all the other stuff? No. So you're so you don't have a biased opinion. I don't think so. So 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 here's the thing. I've Kim never, Kardashian is a fucking trash bag, but like, she's objectively hot. So like Taylor Swift's never done it for me either. Oh, you it's, don't like long backs, girl next door. Well, fucking. she she's just she's very plain. There's no. And for me, sex appeal isn't always just about looks. It's it's so I got in a huge no surprise here argument with two of my sister-in-laws and my girlfriend yesterday when that game was on. Cause it was about Taylor Swift. And I was mad. So all I was saying was they were getting mad at me because I was like, I don't get it. Like I don't hate her, but I was like, I don't get it. And then I brought up Madonna's the one I always bring up. I'm like, because it's easy. I go, okay, Madonna had the sex appeal, was revolutionary in, you would argue, like, with women and sex and pushing the boundaries. And then and then the gay community lodged onto her, which was like a huge, you know, like a whole other thing. So, like, she had all these communities who loved her. And I was like, she was, I, I said, Madonna was groundbreaking. In, and, I, and I would use the word revolutionary in, in her music and all that. And they were getting mad at me saying, well, she, you know, have you heard her music? And I said, I don't really listen to it. And then it was like, she writes her own songs. You've never seen her perform. Kind of. And I was like, okay, cool. But it kind of, first of all, first of all, let's leave, let's leave Taylor Swift's artistry out of it. All right, cool. This is the equivalent. Like 
even her artistry great songwriter okay let's say let's let's be uh, let's be unbiased great songwriter right like this is a, remember joe namath back in the day joe namath very tra travis kelsey the fur coats and the all the thing and like the like well tailored suits and going to all the awards things whatever he just started dating joni mitchell cool joni mitchell is a great songwriter Awesome. Mid AF. Dude, Russell Wilson, for all the shit we gave him, he was dating some mid ass chick, got to the NFL, got a bunch of money, start married Ciara. Who's gorgeous. Travis Kelsey got all the money and is now dating the chick that Russell Wilson left for Ciara. Yeah, but again, like I said, take looks aside. That's star, so, star power. So that's no why no one's as big as Taylor Swift. That's why to me it's an L though. So to me, you're just like, this is what you want to be, dude. You just want to be the guy who dates Taylor Swift. Well, let me play a call because this plays into the discussion of is this all set up? Which you can look at from multiple angles. And, and we'll start with the call. All right, boys. So this is Preston and Conspiracy Time. Um, there's no way Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift actually give a shit about each other, right? This is just a way to, like, bring in all the Tw Taylor Swift fans and make them NFL fans for viewers, right? Like, it couldn't be more obvious, Right? Anyways, stay dirty, boys. All right, boys. So, so this is I. Oh, oops, sorry. Is the NFL struggling for fans suddenly? I don't think it's struggling, but it, it is a whole new fan base. And of all the people, they're 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 doing Travis Kelsey. This is a bad. This is a bad conspiracy theory. Now, a conspiracy that Travis Kelsey is just like well, 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 hold on, hold wants on, hold to on. be a megastar. Hold on a second. What? Why? Yeah, see, I never took it from that. I took it from this Travis Kelsey wants to be a megastar. That's that's where I was like, this could be totally all made. You know, they, they, they made this all up as far as they actually are dating. I don't think it's the craziest idea what he's saying. Why not Travis Kelsey? But like for this is okay. Now you're also now you also have to think about the Taylor Swift angle of it. So Taylor Swift is this mega star, biggest star in the world. Like, why is she all why is she she's going to hang out with Travis Kelsey's mom because she's real big on the NFL. She wants to boost the NFL. No, the NFL has billions upon billions of dollars, and they said, Hey, Taylor Swift, we're gonna under the table pay you all this money. Taylor Swift's doing okay. How much money does somebody need? Well, this, again, this which is what, which is kind of my point about Travis Kelsey. Listen, well, well, well hold if, on, hold on, hold on. Let, let me go back to that. You said how much money does she need? This goes back to me getting in a huge argument with my sister-in-laws yesterday, and something we've already discussed in the show. She must need more because she charges twenty-five dollars for a bottle of water. So, so, so who knows? Seventy-five dollars for a, a sweatshirt. Maybe she wants all the money. I don't know. To me, the the bottom line is if the, if Travis Kelsey was Hunter Henry. 
this is the score of a century. You're just some receiver. You're just some tight end in the NFL. You're dating Taylor Swift. You and the America's girl next door. You're a power couple. You're getting the Chris Humphreys treatment. Now the whole world knows who you are. For Travis Kelsey, in my opinion, it's a huge L. I don't care that I'm a misogynist. I don't care that I'm I'm uh, it's not shallow. misogynist if you're not I'm attracted shallow. to her. That yeah. doesn't make you. That doesn't but, make you. But shallow. here's the thing: you're, like you're just not attracted think, to her. But I I also just think like objectively, like I bet you she's not in the top fifty hottest chicks Travis Kelsey's ever been with. And now she's like date three with his mom. Taylor Swift is a great example of a chick who hangs out with your mom on date three and pounds the glass, even though she's never been to a football game. You're like Jesus Christ. Now she's pounding the glass. Like we had to teach her football in the car on the way here. Now she's like, let's fucking go. Her and Brittany Mahomes are going to make the annoying white girl Voltron. Or Brittany gets very jealous. Yeah. The attention's away from her. And poor Jackson Mahomes, man. He was like six months away from fucking <laughs> TikToking with Taylor Swift in the in the owner's box. Now he's in a dog kennel in Patrick Mahomes' garage because he's on house arrest for trying to finger blast a married restaurateur. To prove to everyone that he's not gay. Yeah. I'm just going to throw that in there. Um, Yeah, I don't know, man. Look, everybody is talking about it. I mean, everybody. So it, it's let me put it this way. The, the theory, and then I want to get back to some football. The theory, I know you shot down Preston's theory, but I don't think it's as insane as you think. Here's something that's crazy to me. I'm watching the NFL Network just does highlights. They just do highlights, like in-depth highlights, right? I think, the- I, think the, I think the conspiracy theory here that's better than any conspiracy theory that, that this is the NFL is just the, the conspiracy theory that Taylor Swift is a calculated – sociopath has been forever she plays upon her fans emotions it's all it's all high school diary and breakup and fucking mean girl shit and then she was like oh i was just dating a fucking neo-nazi what better than like to counter with like why don't i go back why don't i go be america's girl why don't i go date a famous football player I think the uh, the conspiracy theory that this is all uh, yet another one of Taylor Swift's master plans is better than everything. Gets, have people stop talking about the fact that the last guy I was dating was watching degradation porn and they t- Travis Kelsey, who's, oh, he's got a show on Amazon about his brother and their mom and his family, and oh, it's so cute, and his brother's got little girls, and now she's just like, oh, why don't I just be the cheerleader with the varsity jacket? Well, well, maybe, but what I was going to say was that they, on the NFL Network, you know, and they show some press conference clips as well, they were showing Patrick Mahomes reacting to it at the press conference, and Andy Reid and I was thinking, this is nuts, man. ESPN. Bill Belichick thing. did it. That's Bill what I'm Belichick saying. Yeah. So, like, this is this is next level. Everybody's talking about it. Yeah, because she's the biggest star in the world. Yeah, that's my point. So, so he's not taking an L. Is my point? He is right taking now. an L. 
That's why he's taking an L because he's just cloud chasing. If that's solely what you're doing, that's an L to me. How much, like, she? what is she going to do for you? She going to make you super rich? No, you are super rich, dog. Yeah, like, but he can, he can go next level rich. Okay, man. so that's what he's doing. He's cloud chasing. That's an L to me. That's just simply, that's an L. Yeah, but you're, you're, so you're solely focused on. When Kanye did the Kim Kardashian thing, again, I think Kim Kardashian is gross, like as a human. And Kanye West at this point has proven he's a gross human. But Kanye, you, the whole thing with like turning the Kardashians into a brand and making them high fashion, whatever, like it was a two way street. And objectively, the whole world was like, oh, she's super hot, especially if you're Kanye and you're a black man. Every black man in America is like, Kim Kardashian is peak hot. So he's like, all right, I'll bag it. Right? Yeah. Now Travis Kelsey is banging Kim Kardashian's secretary for more Instagram followers? But again, like if he's doing it for business-wise, it, it's, it makes sense. I don't know. Look, he had a, he had a nice game yesterday. The team killed him. I think it's to be continued. I'd be I'd be shocked if this actually went anywhere. Who knows? We'll see. I don't know what's real, what's fake. You never know. I mean, and look. then the thing: does Travis Kelsey come to every game within an old school convertible and leave with just one? Like it was a whole fucking to do. Oh, I know. I know it was. Trust me. Look. And then also there's the thing. It's like Travis. I know Travis Kelsey's last girlfriend was like an Instagram model and whatever. So maybe he just wants to like bring home a nice girl to Mama Kelsey, you know, just like his his brother did. But like maybe don't bring home the world. Like literally, his maybe history, history's greatest like gossip machine, history's greatest stress event. Like nobody, like history's greatest drama queen. You're bringing home history's greatest drama. Like Jason Kelsey's wife just got a hat on. Is like I just raised the girl. I Taylor's like, already I like, writing songs about like how the mom he she loved the mom, and then Travis didn't do her right. It's like, dude, this this chick's gonna fuck up your family, dude. That's what she well, look, does. We've spent too much time on this. See, but see, it's working. We spent the last 15, 16 minutes on this shit. This is See? David Beckham fucking sporty spice. Like, imagine he was, imagine he, imagine he ended up marrying the one who wears the Adidas track pants. Sporty spice. Imagine he went with the one with the snaggle tooth and the track suit. <laughs> you're like, dude, you're David Beckham. Posh is right there. Wasn't sporty gay? I don't know. Let me ask you something. If you're the Cincinnati Bengals tonight. Yeah. Do you play Joe Burrow? What is going on? He's probably going to play out here. So, here's the situation. If you if the if the Bengals lose tonight, their season's over. Correct? 100%. If Joe Burrow gets hurt, their season's over. So they're taking a chance. Like there's a lot of, the lot there's a lot of season over on the line here. The truth of the matter is the Bengals have been so bad for so long that they don't want a year during their quote unquote window 
to be punted. They're not going to punt on a year during their window. Now, a smart coach and a smart franchise would say, if we're going to win the Super Bowl, we should be able to beat the Rams at home with a backup. Yeah. I agree. But I think Bengals fans, the majority of them, don't really care. Like, I don't think people care as much about their players. I don't think people have that much care for, like, the human element of it than a lot of people. Like, I think a lot of people want Joe Burrow to play because they just want to see their team win. I know, but let me, let me say this. Even if in the long term, they can't think about the long-term health of Joe Burrow. And- Joe Burrow, one of the best assets about Joe Burrow or features or whatever you want to say is his mobility, right? He's a very athletic quarterback. He runs when he has to, but he's mobile in the pocket. He's had no mobility the first two games. He's going to have no mobility tonight if he plays or next week against Tennessee. Dude, Aaron Donald's on the Rams. Need I remind him? He's the guy who ended that Super Bowl. I I just like the the short-sightedness on so many levels, and we all know it hits home for me. But again, I said it all along, guys. I did. Nothing changed. You go 2-14, and you draft Joe Burrow because you lock into being shitty. But nothing has changed with that organization. I think I saw a statistic that the Bengals have started 0-2 in four of the last five years. They started 0-2 his his rookie year. So three of the last four for sure. Oh, yeah. And before that was Andy Dalton. So probably four of the last five years. And who's been coaching those teams? Zach Taylor. Again, you guys can say, oh, you're too hard on him. Dude, the players like him. That's cool. this goes back to what you're saying. If you're a Super Bowl contender and your quarterback goes down, you don't need the best backup. Dude, Chad Henney had some very important drives in two of the Chiefs' Super Bowl wins. Chad Henney is a formidable backup or was a formidable backup. Jake Browning, who's never started an NFL game, is not a formidable backup. Just think about these things. Listen, I I mean, I think everybody agrees that the Bengals are not Super Bowl contenders without Joe Burrow. Of course they're not. Of course they're not. But also, to be a Super Bowl contender with Joe Burrow, you need to be good enough to win games without him. I agree. But that's my point is, is I mean, there's, you know, I don't think, I don't think this Bengals team is the Jeff Hostetler giants. I don't think this Bengals team is the Nick Foles Eagles. I don't think this Bengals team is, you know, any, any of those teams that, that obviously Tom Brady's a wild example of a backup who came in and did great things, but like you have to be, you have to be able to just win some, just win a random game in September at home against a team that isn't certainly isn't an elite NFL team. No. You know, it'll be interesting. They're having a big ring of honor tonight. Chad Johnson 
Boomer Esiason. It's going to be all white. I, I just would, would there be not would there be nothing in my opinion there'd be nothing more Cincinnati than they win the game and then it just causes long term repercussions or at least this year repercussions. Burrow plays, wins, has some great passes, and then you're like, cool. Now he's playing hurt the whole guys the whole year. Like the I don't know I don't know everything I've read I just don't really understand. Like the one thing I read was if he doesn't play tonight, then he's not going to play for a month. But if he plays the night, he's just going to keep playing hurt all year. And I'm like, it's week three. What all year? This isn't right. This isn't Aaron Rodgers straining his calf in week 12. It's week fucking three. But if he doesn't play tonight, he doesn't play for a month. Why? I don't know. That's just one of the many things I've seen. You, you know, who knows? All these guys, Schefter and Rappaport and the local guys, they all. When's their buy? It's coming up, too. But but that's what I'm saying. Like, next week's at Tennessee. Then it might be their buy. Or then, maybe then Seattle, then a buy. It's like, I think Seattle's at home. It's like, these are all, like, winnable games with, I don't know, a decent backup. or Or, again, Get innovative. You're the offensive court, dude. You're the offensive coordinator slash head coach. Get innovative. But also, you're not beating the Chiefs, and you're not beating the Dolphins. I guess now, if your defense can't stop anybody, so what does it fucking matter? Score 13 points, win the game, 13-10. If your defense can't stop the Rams, if you can't hold the Rams and check to play a, you know, you run the ball a bunch, don't let your guy turn it over. If you can't kind of slug it out with the Rams right now. Oh, the Rams are good. The Rams put up a bunch of points. We're, we're going to need Joe Burrow to go fucking toe-to-toe with them. Then you're not a Super Bowl team. Yeah, no, I agree. I know. This isn't Niners-Rams. This isn't two coaches who have been coaching against each other every fucking twice a year for six years. This is bengals rams on a Monday night in Cincinnati. I I look at it from just like a caring about a human. Like, we're just, like, what are we doing here? Like, we're deciding to play Joe Burrow because we're, we're essentially saying if he loses, the season's over. So we're going to put that above Joe Burrow's health. I think that's shitty. Well, ultimately, I think they're going to let him make the decision. And that could be shitty too, or just not smart. Right. I mean, these are investments, right? These are businesses. Your your investment is $219 million guaranteed. You really want to risk that? I don't know. You you said it best, and I couldn't agree more. They they are Super Bowl contenders with Joe Burrow, in my opinion. As long as he's healthy, whether it's this year, next year. But when he's not healthy and he can't move in the pocket, what are they? They're not Super Bowl contenders. I'll be real curious how to, I'm actually, from just a football standpoint, I'm really interested how tonight's game will play out. Because you also have the McVeigh, his old assistant. Like there, there's a competitive thing to it. 
And I think Sean McVay has a chip on his shoulder this year. I'm basing this off nothing. I'm just basing it off people doubted the Rams. He was kind of the new kid. But Sean McVay's not Sean McVay's not gonna like, hey, let's not blitz Joe Burrow a lot. He's hurt. Let's give him a day off, you know, like play, play yeah. nicey nice. No. He's gonna be like, he's hobbled. Blood in the water. We have a chance to steal this game. Yeah. We have a chance to end their season. Yeah, we have a chance to be two and one right in the thick of the NFC. You know, they're not gonna win that division. Most likely, obviously, San Francisco's gonna win that division, but they they start out two and one. You never you never know how this season could play out with playoffs and seeding. I was shocked though. I was absolutely shocked about that Cowboys game yesterday. Yeah, it's crazy. That's your any given Sunday moment of the week. But dude, the Cardinals, I mean, they've played three tight games at this point. I know. Well, everybody was saying they were, you know, it was tank for Caleb Williams. I don't think they got the memo. No. And then there was the oh, they're they're tanking second halves, you know. But obviously that's not the case. I think Danny Dimes just carved them up in the second half. Um, but yeah, I mean, I mean they kind of walloped the Cowboys too. They beat the shit out of them. Like the Cowboys were chasing them the whole game. The whole game. The problem with the Dallas Cowboys now and in the recent past is like they've kind of forgotten what got them there in the dynasty. Like they took a core of, of the guys that didn't get the hype. You know, those teams were built on offensive line and defensive lines, stopping runs, running the football to the tune of Emmett Smith, becoming the all time leading fucking rusher. Troy Aikman was like the ultimate game manager. I mean, he game managed his way to the fucking Hall of Fame. But it's almost like now it's now they're only Irvin and Dion and Emmett Smith, and they're none of the none of the fucking nuts of it. Like they can't they couldn't stop the Cardinals from running the ball. In the NFL. If you can't stop the run to the tune of like controlling the game, you're not a legit, like, oh, their defense is so good. It's like, cool. Like Michael Parsons is legit, dude. No one's denying that. But having a single edge rusher when when the Cardinals are running all over you doesn't matter. Like that's 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 how you neutralize that. Yeah. I know. It's nuts. Russell Wilson was basically Troy Aikman in the beginning of his career when you said his name. Yeah. It is crazy. Now, Troy Aikman does have a Super Bowl MVP, though. No doubt about it. Just listen, Troy. That's the, that's the thing about quarterbacks in the NFL is the name of the game isn't passing yards, and it's not whatever. It's like just win the fucking Super Bowl. That's what makes you a great quarterback. Like being yeah. the guy that your team needs you to be. Look at Tom Brady's career. You know, that was the, that was the great thing about Brady and Belichick together. It's like there's so many different forms of Tom Brady. 
Tom Tom Brady was the old Tom Brady was thrown for like 156 yards in Super Bowls. Tom Brady was the ultimate game manager. Then Tom Brady also has 500 yard Super Bowl games or 400 yard Super Bowl games. And he has the Randy Moss era and he has the fucking, you know, we're not going to stop anybody on defense. We're going to play a lot of off. Be the guy your team needs you to be. But if you're just, oh, I'm just me. I'm just whoever I am. And my team will fucking figure it out around me. You better be really fucking good. Yeah, I think that's obviously that's pretty rare for people to be that guy. Obviously not to the level that Tom Brady did it, right? Yeah. No, I mean, I mean for sure. But like you, we go back to the Jameis Winston thing. Jameis Winston won a Heisman and won national championship and has all the tools. And Bruce Arians was like, dude, we have a good defense and we can run the ball. And we have weapons. Like, I just need you to not turn the ball over. He was like, ha ha, no. I ain't going to do that. I eat interceptions and W's. And he's like, all right, well, you're gone. I'll literally go get a guy that's been doing this his whole career and just be like, Tom Brady, do you have any interest in coming in and not turning the ball over and immediately winning Super Bowl? Tom Brady's like, I'd love that. Can I, can I bring Gronk? And he's like, absolutely. Yeah. I know, man. And some guys aren't capable of it, too, you know? Well, again, that's the thing. Adapting to the team around you. Adapting to the personnel. Adapting to your defense. Trusting if you have a good defense. Letting them play. We got to get to some of this college drama. We talk about... All this Taylor Swift drama. I, I, I'm i about what's happening in college football drama. What is happening with these coaches? And my theory is... Are we talking about Dion? Are we talking about the Ohio no, State coach? What are we talking about? Well, that's what we're about to talk about. My theory is that these guys are all, whether it's Ryan Day with Ohio State or Oregon's coach, they all want to be Dion. This is my theory. Is that Dion has left such an imprint? They all want to be Dion. That Ohio State Notre Dame game was like a classic, like knockdown, drag out football game, right? It comes down to the final play. Did you watch it? Yeah, I saw. I saw the end. Notre Dame. So like f- f- putting ten guys on the field for multiple plays at the end of the game. Like, what the fuck are we doing here? Yeah, well, that's awful coaching, but. You know, a, a hard-fought back and forth to college football blue bloods. And then the post-game interview, which the truth is I didn't – I wasn't – I turned it, like, right off when the game ended. Yeah. It was, just, these games are – keep going forever, these college games. Went to bed. Woke up, saw Ryan Day literally yelling at your geriatric grandfather. That's who he's yelling at. Yeah. You're – He's mad about Lou Holtz. He's mad about something Lou Holtz said on Pat McAfee's show. Lou Holtz, who in the interview, he can't even sit upright. Can you imagine? Even like, did, did somebody tell him what Lou Holtz said? Did Lou Holtz like write him a text him after? Has anybody understood what Lou Holtz said? Think about what you is. If they don't bring their suck attack and it's not suffering. 
It's going to be a long day. What are you saying, old man? I didn't even know Lou Holtz was still alive. I this thought is Lou Holtz drowned in a pile of his own drool. Yeah, this is what... I mean, Lou Holtz hasn't been on TV for a while. This this is what Lou Holtz said, which caused... Lou Holtz was in a nursing home in a hospital bed, and they were like, use an electric bed to sit him upright. He's got to go on Pat McAfee. <laughs> You even have sleeves on today? What's going on over there? <laughs> I saw you on ESPN now. ESPN doesn't have a budget to include sleeves? Back in my it's... day, I would spit my players' faces. And not just because they spit every time I talk. I would actually go out of my way to spit on them. I'd choke guys. Now I'm doing interviews with guys not even wearing sleeves? What's going on here? This is what he said last week on McAfee Show. Team is a better football team than Ohio State. Love hearing that. Please, coach. And let me tell you why. We have the best offensive line in the country. Sam Hartman won't even get his dirty, dirty all year. He has time to throw the football. The offensive line, we have great running backs. Esteem is averaging about 10 yards a carry. We have great receivers. So offensively, we're set. Defensively, our defensive line's better. And you look at Coach Day, and I coached at Ohio State under Woody Hayes. We won the national championship when I was there. Right. So I'm proud of that. However, he has lost to Alabama, Georgia, Clemson, Michigan twice. And everybody that beats him does so because they're more physical than Ohio State. And I think Notre Dame will take that same approach. I know that our schedule. Is- okay, so like. He's not even said anything controversial. No. Again, he can barely sit in a chair. Like what? He's 86 years old. I don't even think that's his body. I think that's a body that they put in the chair, and that's his, they just dropped his head on like fucking Krang in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. They were just like, get a get like a get like a guy in a suit dropping in. We'll just we'll just take Coach Holtz's head. And this nothing's is, moving except yeah. <laughs> This is the first thing, huge road win against Notre Dame. And this is the first thing Ryan Day says. Well, I think Coach, you knew this yeah. one wasn't going to be easy, but it came down to the wire. And what can you say about the performance from your quarterback, Kyle McCord, to finish that drive? Toughness. Toughness. That's it. Physicality, cross the board, finish it off, having guts. You know, like I like to know where Lou Holtz is right now. What he In said bed. About our team. <laughs> That's exactly what, what I are said. we talking about? The Are game finished at fucking 11 Eastern. Yeah, He's going to yeah. sleep for four hours. <laughs> he went to fucking Denny's and had a fucking Rudy Tooty fresh and fruity at 4 p.m. And then he went to sleep. He's 150 years old. What the fuck are you talking about? Rudy and, 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 and Ryan Day, like maybe stop dying your beard. He you looks like Steven Seagal. He, yeah. you know, he looks like the Steven Seagal. Look College at this. football is such a fucking joke. We got Steven Seagal <laughs> with his dyed beard yelling at Lou Holtz, who's been asleep for four hours. Oh, but the, but wait, the, you, Lou Holtz is going to wake up in the morning like DeMar ha- Hamlin. Did we win? He just fucking, <laughs> he doesn't know. It's unbelievable. He didn't stop there. Lou Holtz falls asleep during the fucking the <laughs> London game. It airs at 10 a.m. Finish it off, having guts. You know, like I like to know where Lou Holtz is right now. What he said about our team. What he said about our team. I cannot believe. Wait, wait, wait. hold on. All he you, did is list all the teams he lost to. Yeah, you can't believe. 
He didn't say anything bad. What the fuck is wrong with you, man? This is a tough team right here. We're proud to be from Ohio. It's always been Ohio against the world. Okay. See, here we go. See, here we go. World. Yeah, here we go. See, see this. See, this is the thing. This is this is the problem, Ryan Day. This is why everyone fucking hates the state I'm from. You had to go there and turn it into Ohio against the, the whole world. No one, in the, the the rest of the world, never even thinks about Ohio until Ohio kicks open the door of every world's room and goes, "It's Ohio versus everybody." It's like, what are you doing here? You're not even invited. <laughs> Literally, no one see. We think about you once every four years when we w- see which way the presidency goes. That's it. Other than that, no one's thinking about Ohio ever. It's the same mentality we saw with the Lions and Hard Knocks, Detroit versus everybody. Dude, it's not Ohio versus the What are you doing? You're you are doing a disservice to me and all the Ohioans. No one when I when I drive to Kentucky or Indiana or Michigan, I don't walk in like it's fucking Ohio versus the world, bitches. I'm here to like come on. What are you doing, man? Imagine going oh, oh he didn't just say against every, he said the world. Imagine going to Denmark and being like point to Ohio on a map. They'd be like, is that a African country? <laughs> Ohio versus the world. Where's Ohio? They're like America, maybe? Unbelievable. But again, here's what I think. These coaches are all wannabe Dion guys. Because even Oregon's coach, I'm going to ask you this right now. Oregon obviously waxed the shit out of Colorado, which I saw coming a mile away. I really did. I mean, it was a 21-point favorite. After that Colorado State game, I was like, man, that's a game I should have bet on. But just like I think this week, USC waxes the shit out of Colorado. Because they're 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 not they're a lot better than last year, but they're not that they're good. Because it's year one. That's my point. But did you see what Oregon's coach said? But like, yeah, and then the Oregon, the audacity of every of of Oregon, of all the schools, they're just standing for clicks. Play it. Yeah, I'm gonna play it. I like this one. This is a good one. I like this guy. Old shoe polish beard. <laughs> Ryan, they just he looks like the, he, he, his his facial hair looks like when they uh, put shoe polish on the on the on the fucking thing in police academy. Remember when they shoe polished up is <laughs> that's an old school reference. That's a great old school reference. So this is what Oregon's coach, who you don't even know, I had to look up Dan Lanning. This is what he said before the Colorado game. Not flash, rooted in substance. Today we talk with our pads. You talk with your helmet, right? Every moment. The Cinderella story is over, man. Right? They're fighting for clicks. We're fighting for wins. There's a difference. Right? There's a difference. Right? This game ain't going to be played in Hollywood. It's going to be played on the grass. Right? It's going to be played on the grass. Let's go. They're fighting for clicks. We're fighting for wins. Today, we play with our helmets. And just to be clear, that's the silver helmet with the yellow stripe, not the, the duck build helmet, not the green one. Not the silver one with the green stripe and not the black one. It's not the orange one. It's not the Michael Jordan brand one. It's not the helmet that is supposed to look like an astronaut's helmet. It is the the regular silver helmet with the green stripes. They are fighting for clicks. We are fighting for wins. It happens on the grass. 
The grass, by the way, is the green thing uh, in the middle of the gigantic Nike logo. Now, when you go out there, remember, not only is it the, the silver helmet, but it's the green jerseys today. And it's the black pants, not dark black, regular black pants. Black black, not dark black, not light black either. Okay? We're not doing the blackout thing. Okay, listen, everybody make sure you walk by uh, the social media department and they'll make sure that your jersey and helmet is the right one for today. Okay, everybody have a great day out there. And remember, they're fighting for clicks. It's unbelievable. Oregon. Oregon. Who's literally been known for the last, I don't know. Here's what Oregon's literally been known for. The uniforms. And getting their ass beat by fucking good football programs. It's amazing. All the money. All the, they're, they're the kind of the original fucking Dion. They're like, oh, you want to come here? We got all kinds of uniforms. Oh, you get a Nike deal if you come here. Oh, no. We have fucking, we have one jersey that looks like Prefontaine's face. It's going to be great. Come here. Do that. Am I going to win a national championship? Literally never. Never, not once. It will not happen. I think it happened in the 30s, and that's it. I mean, it's it is crazy. They really are kind of the original. They have made it maybe to a championship game here and there. Never won. Put out some nice players. But again, all they've been known for is their uniforms. Which is so funny that he would say that. And then all the haters came out. There's a lot of Dion hate that was. Oh yeah, out. and it was very weird. There was one it, on. There was one on Twitter. Hold on. Carrie Steele. Do you know who Carrie Steele is? Oregon is taking a stand for all of us. Literally everybody replied, who the fuck is us? <laughs> like, how's, that, how's the name spelled? K-A-R-I. What? What does that even mean? Yeah. Twenty-two point six million views on Twitter. Yeah, because everybody's like, "What are we talking about, lady?" It's like, is this a racial thing? Is this a yeah. like, what, what, like? It makes you wonder. Definitely, I think there's a lot of racial elements going on there. Yeah. With with Dion. But here's the thing. I, I, I do believe I'm serious. I think these these day and organs coach, I think this is like the Dion effect. They don't even realize it subliminally. They're like, oh, Dion is now they're not as well spoken as Dion. They're not as like Dion. I can I can personally watch Dion speeches and get turned. I'm no like, Riz, as the kids say these days. Yeah. There's 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 none of there's none of that. And it's not as well spoken. It's not as like I get turned when I watch a Dion speech. If I watch Ryan Day's speech, I'm just like, "Are you Steven Seagal's long lost brother?" I don't, yeah. I don't know what I'm watching here. You're yelling at an 86 year old man. But like, I don't know. 
I mean, if I start seeing Nick Saban doing this shit, I'm going to laugh my ass off. It, it's just like we're talking about it. They got their ass kicked, but I, I didn't want – like I don't know who these people are who just want Colorado to just get their ass kicked. Yeah. See, to me, I think Colorado, Colorado, like I think to me, I think Dion and Colorado are everything that's wrong with college sports. But also at the same time, it's a great like if you're going to you turn mean? if you're going to turn college sports into this thing where it's uh there, you can just transfer wherever you want. You can pay players or whatever, like college football, as I've been talking about, has gone. It's 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 over. Like it's not it has nothing to do with universities. But Dion's just taking advantage of that. Like, if you're going to, if this is the system that you're going to create, then yeah, take advantage of it. Yeah. Do you. Did we see one of the best catches of all time this weekend in the Florida Dude, game? So let me just say something because I put this on the rundown. When I saw the Odell Beckham catch the first time live, I said to my brother in law, Law, not a football fan, I was like, that's the best catch I've ever seen. When I saw this Florida catch, I thought before I saw a replay, I was like, is that better than the Odell catch? And I'd like to break it down. Cause I, I still haven't decided. So this was against Charlotte. Let me rewind it. Sorry. So this is the play. First of all, it's like full extended backhands it backhand one hand. The backhand is a, is a factor. And then the hit. Just gets two guys. Lit up. Lit up. Never takes the ball into his second hand. Never even really pulls it into like his body. The Odell thing, I mean, okay. Obviously, the one hand factor is why both are amazing. Odell's was like back over his head. So watch this. This is this is in slow-mo. This is bananas. The ref gets in the way, but hold on, let me rewind yeah. it a little. All right, so he leaps. He's turned around. I mean, that's pretty wild. I might, I think the, listen, the Odell being over the head is kind of the, but like to me, backhand's tougher and jumping is tougher. And then he takes a hit. Then now, he gets right up. He gets yeah, right up. Now. now Odell was getting interfered with while he was catching it, <coughs> which is a factor. I might give Odell's the slight edge because of it. It also went for a touchdown, and he was being interfered with. But like him to take two hits after snatching a ball out of the air backhand, it's the only thing I've ever seen that that goes up there with it to me. <laughs> that's including the Jefferson catch from last year. It's including the Pickens catch. That's it's the first, that's the first one I saw that was like, that might, that might, that might challenge it. Yeah. It's definitely up there. Like, you know, to take the hit. It's like the ball just glued to his hand. Yeah. It's, it's how, it's how it looks full extension and the backhand he backhands it. Yeah. That's insane. 
You almost want to watch them side by side. Yeah. You want to get to a few calls? Sure. Let's do it. 310-359-8365. That is our our hotline, I should say. Do a couple calls. People want you want to keep calling it about Daniel Jones. Like, guys, we're spending a lot of time with Daniel Jones. You know, like I'll, I'll play a couple of them, but yeah, you know, come on. Like, let's let's you know, let's let's get to some better quarterbacks. Just call it what it is. Like, like I'll play this call and then we'll try to get past this at some point. Hey Andy, hey Joe, it's Greg Feldman from Salt Lake City, Utah. Just had a quick question here for you. Uh, so for the Giants, would you rather have Brock Purdy or Daniel Jones as your quarterback? Condoms are for Kirk Cousins. Well, isn't I guess that's I guess the question there has a lot to do with uh They're two different quarterbacks. Well, but but I mean, are we talking about financially at all? Is finances a part of that equation? Well, look, here's my thing on Brock Purdy, as you kind of think about that. We there this we question, this if this question doesn't include finances, I think it's a horrible question. I don't I I dis I disagree with the idea that anybody can judge. Do you think that you're fairly judging Brock Purdy versus Daniel Jones situations? Well, I was about to say, like, Brock Purdy is in a great situation with Mike Shanahan or Kyle Shanahan. So, like, forget, forget fucking Kyle Shanahan. How about Debo Samuel and the fucking throwing screens that go for 15 yards? How about Christian McCaffrey? How about fucking George Kittle? How about a good offensive line? Like, what are we talking about? Forget their coaches. But that's part of it, is my point. Is that part of it? You've built this great just team, man. That's a well-constructed team. They're their third-string quarterback. Brock Purdy's a third-string quarterback. I'll just let me just say this: finances aside, I'd rather have Daniel Jones on the Niners. Hmm. I just need more time. Like Brock Purdy started what? 11 games in the regular season. I need at least a full year's worth. I need at least a full 16, 17 games. But don't you also just need Brock Purdy? Like, and I love, and I think Brock Purdy's great. Like I like, I like he's great because he's perfect. Dude, you don't like, first of all, Brock Purdy's missed a bunch of throws this year already. And he has. Who gives a shit? You don't have to be excellent. But like when you look at the when you look at their arm strength, when you look at who's more mobile, when you look at the statistics that we do have, like I, I certainly don't want Brock Purdy for forty million dollars on the Giants right now. Brock Purdy played the Eagles for three minutes before he was off the field. So Finances aside, I guess if you're uh, the financial question, like, I don't know. I guess it depends on the situation. But right now, if I would like Brock Purdy on a rookie deal on the Niners or Daniel Jones on a rookie deal on the Niners, I'll take Daniel Jones. 
I wouldn't. I'd take Brock Purdy. Okay. You want less mobile, less arm, but has already played in that system with all those guys. Well, I just think Daniel Jones, I think he turns the ball over too much. That's my take. I just, I think he's reckless. But again, it, it's a it's a weird hypothetical because the situation does matter. I don't know how he is in a Shanahan system. It might be completely different. So I, I don't know. That's what sucks. I miss that. What's that? All I was saying was, you know, the system matters. The coaching matters. The team matters. So it's just a weird hypothetical is my point. I'm saying that, but we don't know. It, it, it's like the old adage we always say. What is Tom Brady if he's drafted by the Browns? Of course. Does he play five seasons in the NFL? And then also, you know, you got to you gotta look at these guys. It's like a lot of times the physical thing isn't a quite like the, Jameis Winston isn't a bust because he got to the NFL and it turns out he didn't have as strong an arm as they thought. And he wasn't as mobile as they thought. Like that's never the thing. The, the question mark becomes, can they handle it at the NFL level? Can they handle reading defense can whatever it's like Brock Purdy's not really having to do any of that shit yet you know Brock Purdy right now is Jared Goff on the Rams but he's probably better than Jared Goff a little bit you know but like when you look at these guys it's like or he's early Russ yeah but when you look at these guys it's not like it's not like the Niners were like oh I don't think anybody else knows how good he is let's wait until he's the last guy of the whole draft and take him there they looked at his measurables and they were like, he's a six round pick and that's where we'll take him. And up until the end of last year uh, in the preseason, I mean, he almost didn't beat out fucking Nate Sudfeld. He was like borderline, not going to beat out Nate Sudfeld to make the team. Yeah. So it's not like, oh, Shanahan, he's, so, he's such a genius. He was keeping him there. He's a, he, was, he was a secret. He, he really thought he was better than Jimmy Garoppolo, but he knew his Garoppolo was going to get hurt. So he's stashing him there. Like, It's like asking, would you rather have Daniel Jones or Jimmy Garoppolo right now? And, and, and people would be like, well, that conversation's a lot easier. Meanwhile, Kyle Shanahan chose Garoppolo. Over Brock Purdy. Like we, the, the idea of judging these guys outside of the system within which they play is so fucking stupid. Well, that was what I was saying. It's, it's, it's right. tough to judge. Like, what are you doing? Right. Which is why I would be like, okay, I guess if I, I guess if I can piece either one of them into that system, I'll take the bigger, stronger arm, faster guy. All right, let me do one more call, another QB call. People, we love the QB calls. 310-359-8365. Ruther, Brando, CD Farmers from Seattle, lifelong Seattle Kraken fan calling in. Hey, just wanted to kind of chime in on your guys' quarterback discussions from the Thursday show. You talked about how quarterback play is kind of mid this season. Um, I agree, but, and you said we kind of moved out of the golden age of quarterbacks, which also totally agree, some of the best we've uh, ever seen. Um, but my thought would be that the rules of the game have changed to benefit the quarterback during the past generation's time. You can't hit the quarterback in certain ways, spacing for wide receivers created a lot more opportunity for those guys to 
throw, um, you know, better talent at wide receiver, and maybe the defenses have finally caught up to the new offenses. Um, and now you're seeing these quarterbacks facing defenses who are used to these new rules, the, the um, how to play defense in a proper way. So maybe that's the cause of some of the lower end quarterback play that we're seeing. I wouldn't be surprised if the NFL went back to change some more rules to benefit the offense as they usually do. Cause they know points get eyeballs. Just want to know your guys' thoughts. Hopefully my ramblings made sense. CC out. All right. So he thinks maybe the, the rules have affected it. I just I think it kind of goes back to what we said. guys we just were in a golden age, and, and I think the, right the stats I hold up, QBs are starting way younger. the The days of the days of Carson Palmer's going to sit for a whole year behind John Kitna, those are gone, right? Like he was the number one overall pick. The equivalent is Joe Burrow sits for an entire year behind Andy. How about Aaron Rodgers sitting for what three years, four years? Yeah. So, so these guys who are get a year to really learn are just thrown. I mean, Zach, Zach Wilson's a prime example. He's thrown in and he sucks and he still sucks. That was the whole Aaron Rodgers thing. Hey, maybe he will eventually get better. I'm going to, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to revert back to the last conversation we we're having. I think college football is also making quarterbacks less intelligent spread offense read option all this shit like the days of the tom brady's and the manning brothers and drew Brees and all these guys coming to the line and doing all that stuff just we just don't have those guys anymore there's very few guys in the league right now that are doing that me we were just talking about fucking brock purdy we're talking about jared goff we're talking about these guys who the quarter the coaches are just Essentially, not letting do any of that stuff at all. Kirk Cousins all- couldn't. Kirk Cousins been in the league twelve years. He couldn't go up the. He was panicking, running a play on his own. In in the college football era of everybody's going to score forty five points, and you're going to run all these fucking spread offenses and screens and all this shit. Like, I just think that the, you know, the golden age of quarterback came in the generation after the West coast, the West coast started West coast offense started. It was the thing. The next batch of quarterbacks that came out of that were all West coast bred West coast offense, bred quarterbacks. And now we're all spread option, bred quarterbacks. Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. And now you get these guys in the league who succeeded in that and excelled in that. And you're like, Oh, well, Jalen hurts and Lamar Jackson and all the, all these guys who are like, how long are you? How long can you even play in the league? If you play this style of ball? Well, I mean, look, it's week three, two of these rookies already missed a game. Richardson and young, you know, Bryce young and Anthony Richard, they already missed a game. Week three, because of this new style of play. And Bryce Young, obviously, is more of a pocket passer, but 
I, I don't think it's the rules, but man. It's the, I, it, but it's it's not even the 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 style of quarterback that exists in it is one thing, but also just the style the style of quarterback that you are recruiting to win those kind like to to succeed in those kind of offenses. Like, yeah, they're gonna vary. Bryce Young's more of a pocket passer than Lamar Jackson or whatever, but it's like, where are the schools? You know, like. I don't know. I don't watch enough college football, but it seems like, oh, okay. Shador Sanders is being talked about as like being a top fucking draft pick. Like, first of all, and this is, again, this isn't me dunking on fucking Dion. I love what Dion's doing within the rules of the thing, but like he's played three games and he's just fucking running around like a wild man. Like, yeah. can he come into the NFL and read NFL defenses? Because unless you're Shanahan, unless you're McVay, unless you're these guys where like you're going to call the play and it is going to be what it is and they're not going to be able to audible at the line and you just live or die with that play, you better have a fucking shit ton of talent. Yeah. All right. Those are the calls I'll play today. 310-359-8365. That's our hotline. Give us a ring. Follow us on social Come see us in New Orleans, December 16th. Comedy show following. Two comedy shows. I apologize. Yeah. Following. The 1,000th Dirty Sports episode. Andy, I was going back and forth with our boy Jameis 101 yesterday, and I've been telling all the Saints fans, we're coming to New Orleans. They're like, I got to check out your podcast. I was like, yeah, we've been exposing this guy for years. Check out our podcast. Also, we're coming to your town. Hopefully for Saints fans. And and the opposite for me as a Giants fan, I'm hoping Jameis Winston's still playing when we get down there in December. But we'll be there at Comedy House, New Orleans, on December 16th, 1,000th Dirty Sports episode, two stand-up shows, Giants at Saints. Uh, lots lots coming together for that. I'm on the road this week. I go to New York. I will be there uh, this Wednesday to next Wednesday. Got a show in Stanford, Connecticut this Thursday. Got a show in Yonkers this Friday. Saturday, Sunday, Monday, I'll probably be down in New York City, so stay tuned to JoePano.com for that. I'll come back. Uh, after that, I go down to Florida. Comedy Key West. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday of next week. Giants at Dolphin. Giants at the best offense in football. Next Sunday. Back here for a couple weeks, and then it's Vegas, Alaska, and, of course, New Orleans. All that in my bio at JoePrano on Instagram, at Joe Prano on TikTok. And just, you know, click on my link tree. Come check out the show. Word. All right, guys. That's our show. Thanks for sticking with us. We'll be back on Thursday. Have a great week. And as always, stay dirty. <laughs>